Welcome to Probably Bothered, the podcast that cuts through online business myths so that you can redefine your version of success. Because I believe if you aren't a little bit bothered, you probably aren't paying attention. Do you know what systems are? Do you have any systems in your business? I know that we've talked about them a little bit before, but today I have a treat for you. I brought in Kate of Work Well with Kate, and she is the queen of systems. She did not give herself that title. I gave it to her right now. She'll find out when she hears this. But in all seriousness, Kate taught me everything that I know about creating systems in my business, and we had a great conversation all about the shifts and changes that occur naturally in business about the importance of consistency. And I even got her to rant just a little bit when we asked what bothers her. Stay tuned to find out. Today is probably going to be one of my favorite conversations on Probably Bothered because I am sitting here with Kate from Work Well with Kate. And fun fact, Kate was my first business coach and probably one of the biggest influences in terms of how I have thought about my business, approached it, and shaped my business. So Kate, welcome. I can't wait to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like every time we have a conversation, I'm learning as much as I'm giving. So I'm very excited to be a recipient of this conversation as well. I feel the exact same way. And hopefully the listeners by the end of this will see exactly what we are talking about when we both say that. So uh, the first question that I have for you is one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of times people in business, their business evolves and shifts over time. And I know that yours has definitely gone through some shifts and changes. And this is going to be a rambly question. So hang in there. I feel like a lot of times there's fear around that change because you shouldn't change your niche or you're going to mess with algorithms and all of those things. So I would love to hear first about how your business has changed, but also kind of the mindset that you had behind those changes and if that fear played into it at all. Absolutely. I mean, for me, I joke frequently that I've had 20 businesses under one name. So when people talk about like hopping around, it's like, to me, it really feels like pivoting or shifting or getting closer to the thing that I really want to be doing. And so that's always really helped me kind of navigate out of any fear I might be feeling in the initial stages of making that change is thinking, okay, there's a reason why I'm making this change. There's a story, there's a narrative that's going on. That's, um, you know, allowing this change to kind of, you know, come into fruition. And so I like to focus on that narrative because I find that the reason most of us are changing our business or making shifts or doing things resonates with people and they're feeling that same thing, or they can kind of connect the dots or it makes sense why they're making that shift. A lot of times I'll say like, you know, originally Amazon just sold books and now they sell literally everything under the sun. And there's a very like linear path that they took to get there. If you're kind of looking at the reasons why that happened, it makes sense in the grand scheme of things. And some people might say like, oh, well, you know, I was offering this and now I'm making a little bit of a shift to speak to this audience, or I'm only offering these things. And I'm worried about alienating people or worried about looking like I'm all over the place. And I think if you're intentional about sharing the narrative or the why behind that shift, 
gift, I think it can be a lot less scary and a lot more digestible for your audience. So every time, like shifting from selling my first business to moving into work well with Kate, in work well with Kate, shifting like what I do at each given time, depending on what's going on in my personal life, it's always made sense to the person I'm talking to. And frankly, because of the nature of my business, a lot of people are even more excited to work with me when they see like, oh, you're able to shift your business because you moved states or had a baby or did whatever. Like they're going through those same life changes and they want their business to be able to move in that way with them as well. So I think there's this great uh, comfort in realizing that a lot of us share that same narrative of wanting to change and pivot things after a while or when it suits our life. And so other people, I find, find comfort in the fact that they're like, Oh, she shifted. I can do that too, without doing it in a way that feels confusing or too complex. Yeah. So let's talk about that last piece that you very subtly threw in there of life changes and changing your business. Because one of the things I'm super passionate about is building a business that fits my life and not the other way around. And I know I probably in some way got that idea from all of our conversations (laughs) a few years back. Um, But I know you're passionate and you walk that talk. So do you want to talk a little bit about how your business has changed with your life? Yeah, absolutely. So when I started my first business, I mean, I was in my early 20s. That was now like almost nine years ago. And so I had different constraints around my time. I basically had no constraints around my time. I had a lot less uh, expenses. I had a lot less that I was responsible for. And so I was able to operate my business in a totally different way, say yes to a lot more kind of explore a lot more opportunities. And I did really throw spaghetti at the wall. See like, Hey, what works? I have time to figure things out. I am living a very low cost lifestyle. And so I can kind of, you know, explore a bunch of different things, figure things out. And so I was really saying yes to things that I would never say yes to now, but I learned so much in that process that allowed me to kind of make edits in the way that I did kind of on that journey to the life I have now, where I have a lot more responsibilities, a lot more in my personal life that I'm you know, not only responsible for, but wanting to enjoy. And so my business has had to change along with the way that I operate in my life. So I used to have a lot more private clients. I used to have a lot more time with them. I used to host in-person events. I, um, you know, just was putting a lot more out there because I had the space to do that. Whereas now I, you know, have a very different life personally. And so my focus has really narrowed and I've had to get really clear on the priorities of how I want to spend my time. And that's why systems are so important to me because at first they were a luxury for me. Like, Oh, I have these systems. Now I can like go on vacation, but I don't really need them in place because I have time to do the menial things. Whereas now I have maybe like on some days I have like two hours where I can like have focused work. And so what's the stuff that's the highest priority for me? That's the stuff I focus on and I automate, delegate, outsource all of the other things. And so my business, even though financially it's doing just as well, actually like much better than it was in those early days, and it's helping just as many people the back end looks so different because of the life that I'm leading. And so I think that's, what's been the most important key for me about changing your business along with your lifestyle is figuring out like, what's the thing that only you can do or the best use of your time in your business. And how can you be intentional about automating, outsourcing, delegating, um, you know, really just running the other pieces on autopilot. So you can do the things that only you can do. So I think that there is, 
There's an interesting idea around systems that I have seen. And it's funny that you say that systems for you were, a, a, now they're a necessity, but before they were a luxury. So I had the opposite experience because when I came to you, when I found Built for Business, which is your, do you, you don't call it a course, right? It's a program. Program. I feel like it's more template based than like, like, yeah. And yeah. So super, super actionable and basically taught me how to set up every single system that I have in my business. <laughs> so little plug there. Um, but for me at the time it was a necessity because oh, yeah. I had a nine to five and I had very, very limited time. And if I was going to figure out how to do this thing on the side, then I had to have systems. So I didn't go crazy. But now that I'm full-time in my business and, um, I have all of these amazing systems in place and have continued to iterate, like you'll see, you'll peep my podcast system after this interview. (laughs) Um, but now it's, it's a luxury because now it's the thing that gives me my time. Mm. So I feel like there's a really big, um, I think kind of misunderstanding around systems sometimes where people kind of get hung up on like, how do I create all of them off the bat? And how do I like make this work and what needs to be a system? And that's one of the things that I really resonate with you is the way that you approach systems and, and the, the way that you describe how, when, when, and how do you outsource and when, and how do you make systems and what's the best thing that works for you? It's just like, I guess with anything, like taking what you need and leaving the rest. So if there's somebody listening who hasn't, you know, created systems in their business, do you want to talk about your philosophy about how do you approach that in a way that is tangible? Is that the right word? Absolutely. I totally agree. I think even just the word systems can be very daunting for people. Like it feels like something that's a little bit alien. It kind of feels like every like legal or like tax term that you hear, you're like, that sounds like I should know what it means, but it's a little bit. (laughs) Um, And so the way I like to explain systems is really just a series of tasks that can be done more than once. So for example, like you have a morning routine that is a system. You have a way to, you know, open your door and like do like very random things. Like there's a system, a series of steps that you take that, you know, you can take time and time again and get the same result. That's all that a system is. And so whenever we're thinking about systems, I want you to think about any repeatable task, even personally, like I have systems in my house, like how do we get meals on the table? Okay. Well, we make a grocery list. Then we like either order or go get groceries. We put them in the refrigerator. Then we like cook them. Then we put them on the table. Like who's responsible for that entire system? Like there's a decision that needs to be made. Same thing in your business. When you look at all the things that need to get done, when we're talking about marketing and client work and, um, you know, team meetings and, you know, like finances and legal, like there's all of these things in your business that need to happen, but you don't need to be manually doing each piece of it. So the way that I recommend approaching systems if you're new to the concept or the idea of them is just look at your calendar over the past 30 days and look at everything that you've done in your business and say, is this something that one needs to be done? Like, is this the right use of my time? Does it generate revenue or is it a necessity in my business? If not, just get rid of it. Don't worry about it. Next, look at that list and say, is there anything on this list that a robot can do? For example, send invoices, 
post social media posts, send contracts. Those are all things that don't require a human. There's a software system that can do those. So looking at that list and thinking about, can a robot do any of this? And then next, vetting that list for, is there something on this list that I would love to have someone else do either because I hate it or I don't have the skill set for it, or I just don't feel like it's the best use of my time. So like maybe you know how to design your website, but you have things that are more important on your plate, or you, um, you know, don't know how to design your website. So you need someone else to do it because you don't have that skill set. So I think you're probably already putting systems in place. If you're just like a human being that's like living and breathing, you probably already have them in place unconsciously. But if you want to be conscious about them in your business, I think looking at what you're doing currently, weeding out the stuff you don't need to do, looking for what a robot can do, and then looking for how others can support you, I think is the best way to kind of start that systems journey. So one of the things that you said when you first started talking was you gave the example of systems that you already have in your home. And I vividly remember, I'm not sure if if this was like a mind blowing experience for you as it was for me, but I vividly remember a conversation we had a few years ago where you basically told me very nicely at the time, I'm sure that the skills that I already had in my life and in my nine to five or things that I could apply in my business. And I'm not sure if I'm the only one who kind of struggled with this idea because I get very compartmentalized and like the things I do in my business are the things I do in my business and the things I do at home are the things I do at home and you know, so on and so forth. And at the time I was in a sales role and I think I was, we were having a conversation about selling websites and you were like, you know, this, you do this. And I love that you just basically did the same thing with systems, right? We all have systems in our house, whether we consciously like write them down or, you know, think about them, they exist. And so we're all able to kind of think through the steps it takes to get a task done. And when you really simplify systems, that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. Like one of my favorite, at least now as a new mom, one of my favorite systems is like ordering groceries. We have a standard order that goes out every Saturday. It gets delivered to our house. My husband puts it up because that's like his like part of the chore. And it's like, and it's done. And the great thing is like, that would have probably taken me all of those tasks combined, probably like two and a half hours with a child to like go to the grocery, figure out what we need to eat, make plans for meals, all of that. But because I know we do it every single week, now it's just on autopilot. And so that's something that's like a, you know, a system just like I would use in my business. If I needed to post social media, you know, posts or like draft them, how can I, if I know I need to do this monthly, quarterly, daily, whatever it is, how can I make these steps easier for myself? And it mirrors the exact same, you know, system as grocery shopping. Like what are the things that happen every time I do this? How can I make them easier for me and not be bogged down in the like tedious parts of it that we know are coming? every single week or every single day. So I know for a fact, anyone listening has put together a system, whether they know it or not, it's just applying those same skills to your business. And if you're listening and you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I've put together a system. That's cool. That's the point at which I found Kate three years ago. And I got, I got, I think I got ads from you for Mm -hmm. systems. And I was like, what are systems? I don't need those. And I ignored them and then I ignored them. And then finally I was like, wait, maybe I need systems. 
And then I looked into it and found out that I did, in fact, need systems. <laughs> totally. It's like my equivalent is like if you've had someone ever like help come as a housekeeper or like we were just talking before we started this podcast about like TaskRabbit, someone coming to like mount something on your wall. When that happens, you feel this like great sense of accomplishment. Like it's done. It's crossed off the list. Like that same feeling can happen in your business when you like implore these systems. It's like things are getting done without me having to like physically do all of the things. That feels really good because it allows me to stay in my zone of genius. It allows me to stay in the energy that feels best for me. And you are your best self, whether it's like from a productivity standpoint or even just like a critical thinking standpoint when you're able to stay in that lane. So we're going to do wide pivot here. So hang with me and, and listeners hang with me. But you talked about your zone of genius and my brain just went like squirrel. Um, I feel like you are somebody who has always been super clear about what your zone of genius is and kind of where you fit and, and all of the things surrounding that conversation. So I would love to hear about how you got to that point. And, and I guess, is there anything outside of systems that you include in your zone of genius, just to like give the listeners more of a feel of who you are? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, wouldn't have always characterized it as someone who has like an operations mindset or someone that's like systems minded, but that's definitely what it's always been. Even back to like when I was like five years old and my mom would be like, okay, we're going to go like, you know, clean our rooms. And I'm like, okay, well, but like, what are the things? Like what are the tasks? Like I was always very like, if someone's like, Hey, we're going to raise a million dollars. I'm like, I need the steps. I need to know, like pull back the curtain. I want to see like, what's actually going on. Cause like I was the kid that like always kind of called BS on things. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Or like, that's not real. Or like, we're not going to do it that way. Unless I know how we're doing things. I always need to know the why and like the how behind mm-hmm. things. So I think that was kind of the through line that kind of wove through everything in everything that I did. I was always very concerned with like how things were getting done and how we could do it in a more efficient and effective way. Because again, like I was this like rebellious kid that was like, I'm, I'm not doing it unless it's like really important. And even if it is like, what's the best way to do it? And so I think I said it in a bunch of different ways or kind of reflected in a bunch of different ways in my life. And then as a business owner, it was my kind of natural like proclivity to be like, okay, well, this person says that we need to have like 50,000 followers on Instagram. Okay. Well, like, how do we do that? Like, what is the system for like getting there? So I was always very curious about that and like kind of very opposite of like my co-founder at the time who was a little more like woo woo or like, you know, a little bit more macro. I was like, the only way in my mind, the macro stuff happens is for the micro to be working. Like to me, that was the only way I could like figure it out. So I think that's why I became so clear on it was because there was a through line throughout my life of that theme of just how I think. And for a lot of the people that I see that have a really clear zone of genius, a very clear um, identity, that's the thing that I think I've seen them do really well is they see how they've shown up in every kind of iteration of their life, whether it was like college student, nine to five business as a friend, as a mom, as a coworker, however, they're showing up, there's some consistent through line that they're showing in each one of those spaces. That's giving a hint to like what their identity or what their, um, you know, kind of zone of genius is. So I think sometimes we focus a lot on like titles or we focus a lot on like, I want to be a designer, but no, I actually want to be like a painter or I want to be like a chef. And it's like, 
even if you're interested in all of those things, there's probably one through line of like the thing that you see in each of those that's really attractive. And to me, that's the thing that you should be doubling down on rather than the like title that could change. It's more of the like approach to whatever you're doing, if that makes sense. That absolutely does make sense. And it also kind of goes back to what you had said at the beginning of our conversation of each change and each iteration gets you closer and closer to where you want to be. And it probably also makes things more and more clear about where your zone of genius lies. And I know I like to kind of take a step back because one of the things that I have noticed in this space is that a lot of people have conversations from the point of view of where they're at in business. But if you're just starting in business, they aren't always as helpful. So one of the things that I have noticed in my kind of business journey is that whenever I kind of feel afraid or feel nervous, it probably means I'm I'm like on the edge of doing something I'm supposed to be doing. And of course, within the nuance of like, don't feel afraid because you're actually in like in like physical harm or anything. I feel like I have to give disclaimers whenever I say yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm not talking about physical harm. I'm talking about like the nervous energy of, I want to say this thing, but I'm not sure how it's going to be received or I want to try this thing, but I'm not sure how it's going to go. Um, because for me, I think even a year ago, if somebody would have asked what my zone of genius was, I would have been like, <laughs> I'm not really sure. But now I feel like the more that my business has evolved into what I really want it to be, the more that I'm having these conversations that I actually want to have, which even let's be honest, like three months ago before I started this podcast, these conversations were terrifying to me mm-hmm. because I wasn't sure how it would be received to have real honest conversations about business that weren't just focused on the fluff. Yep. So if you're listening to this and you're kind of at the beginning of that journey, just know that it happens over time. And, and to be honest, like sometimes as in Kate's case, you have that thread throughout your whole life and that's wonderful. But if you don't, if you can't readily identify that, that's okay too. It's something that you can kind of start searching for. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, I don't think there are tons of people I know like Vera Wang or like, you know, who else I'm thinking like Julia Child, like they found their thing in their like forties. They both started their household names, both started their businesses well into their forties. And it's like, that to me is a great indicator that there's not this point where it's like, okay, if I've reached 30 years old and I haven't found my thing, like it's over for me. I'm just not that person anymore. No, but the only way that you're going to find that thing is by trying new things. And like you said, taking risks, doing those things that are a little bit outside of your comfort zone, because if you're sitting in your nine to five or even your current business or wherever, like, you know, if you're a stay at home parent right now, whatever you're sitting in, if it doesn't feel like the thing for you, that to me is just an indicator that there's some exploration that can happen. So you know, trying out things that you maybe normally wouldn't try or doing things that maybe feel a little bit intimidating, I think is a great way to get closer to that thing. Cause I think the only thing that leads us to confidence is action. If we're doing it and doing it and doing it and practicing it, that's how we're able to become an expert in it or find the thing that we love. And so I read a quote from someone recently that like, you aren't owed confidence or brilliance in anything unless you're consistent. And I think that's like such a great um, thing to keep in mind because a lot of times we'll try something for a week and we're like, oh, I'm not like an expert chef yet. So like, this isn't for me. It's like, no, consistency is what yields that 
expert level or that confidence that we're looking for, or that, you know, thing that we are chasing in whatever our like vocational pursuit is. And so I think it's really important to keep in mind that if you haven't found your thing, the way to find that thing is through action and figuring out what you don't like so that you can figure out what you do like. Absolutely. I feel like you just went into business big sister mode. (laughs) So we're going to talk about your TikTok. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's talking like, let's talk about a thing that I was like terrified to like get at the time when I got on, it was very early. I wouldn't say it was like March, 2020, very early pandemic. At the time, the narrative was still very much like these are 12 year olds dancing. And if you're getting on to like teach people how to get an LLC, you're an absolute crazy person. And that's how I felt for like a good five months and just like posted stuff with no, I mean, no one was interested it was crickets. And so it's just funny now that it's like the consistency of really just doing it. Cause I was like, this is interesting, even though it's like intimidating or if anyone saw this, I'd be mortified, but like just kind of keep it up. And it's something that I love doing now. Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about because I remember having that conversation when you started on TikTok and you were like, Oh, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's a weird thing. Cause it was a weird thing at the time. Now it's ubiquitous, but, yeah. um, but yeah, feeling the fear and leaning into it. But, but the thing is that even though it was crickets, the consistency had to be there. And it's a, it's a good analogy for business, right? Like why are we so willing to put in the time on a social network where nothing is happening, but when nothing happens in business, it seems a lot harder to stay consistent or you hear of a lot more people kind of like calling it a day for lack of a better word. Why is that the case? Well, I think what frustrates me the most is when I think people sometimes look at my business and assume I knew that it was going to be successful from the beginning or that it was successful from the beginning or that like I was getting consistent money coming in the door from the beginning, which is absolutely not the case. Like there's so much behind the scenes that people don't see that I am more than happy to talk about, but it's just not my reality now, but it's like the thing that I started with. And so for a good three years, I was struggling constantly to figure out how my business was going to work, but I was still in my business. And so it took a really long time for me to figure out how to run a business successfully. And one of the biggest mistakes I made was not investing in tools and resources or people that knew better than me, which would have expedited that process. But I think even if you do those things, there's still going to be some lag time. There's still going to be some time where like no one's banging on your door. Like no one's really interested in what you're doing. Cause you really have to be consistent and show people that you're someone worth following. There's so many folks that like go to an Instagram page, maybe wanting to like it, but they see a post from six months ago and that's all that's there. What you're communicating is like, you're not committed to this. And so why would anyone else commit to it? And so when I see people that are like a month into business and they're like, I'm not doing this, it's not working. It's like, you're looking for a major commitment from someone that would be a client of yours when you're not willing to make that same commitment to your own business. And I think that's such an important thing to keep in mind is like, if we're asking other people to invest at a high level in our business, to pay attention at a high level in our business, then we need to be doing even more than that in our business. If you're wanting tens of thousands of followers, but you're not willing to commit, you know, at least hundreds of hours to creating that content, then there's a balance imbalance there. And, and I think this, uh, kind of like Instagram age that we're in, we feel like 
virality is like just deserved or like we feel like anyone should be able to like go viral or make a ton of money or like we see all these ads of people that are like on a yacht making passive income and I'm like (laughs) even if they're there they spent nine years building that course to then be able to be on that yacht and so I think sometimes we think there's like a easy lane to the destination we want when really people either have an unfair advantage that we're not familiar with, or it just takes some time. And that's okay. Like Emily Mariko is like one of the like, you know, big TikTokers for making her salmon. Most people think like, oh, she posted that salmon video. And all of a sudden she's this mega star. No, she'd been doing those videos for like years. She'd been putting out tons of those videos. People thought she was crazy because they were silent. She wasn't talking. It was kind of low energy in comparison to the other stuff on there. Now it's like a total vibe and everyone loves it, but it wasn't like that for a very long time. And so I think it's important to keep in mind that even those folks that have achieved that virality or people that are in a place where we think is aspirational, they've done the things they've been in the like muck that you're currently in now of like trying to be consistent, trying to figure it out. And so that's the only path to that destination that you're looking for. I don't know that I have anything to add. I feel like that was perfectly said. But stuff that goes on in my mind all the time. I'm like, no, I know. And I love, I like my, my goal, this entire episode was getting you to the point where you started ranting. (laughs) If we're being honest, because that's where the beauty is, right? That's where the gems are. When we like, when your posture changes and you're like, I got to say this thing. That's, that's what people need to hear. Do you know what tool I think it's a bad rep? It's Canva. I am literally in Canva every single day in my business. It's the perfect tool, not just for social media graphics, but for freebies, for websites, speakers bios, for rate cards, anything that you need to create in your business, you can create in Canva. Grab the link below to get started and you can get 30 days of pro for free. I feel like this is a good time to ask my favorite question because we are on probably bothered. So I would love to know in this space that, that you have been in for five years now about, yeah. yeah? Does that sound about right? Yeah. Um, I'm like, whatever number you have, it feels like a long time. I'm like the lady on Titanic, like it's been 83 years. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So in, in this space that you've been in for insert number of years now, (laughs) What bothers you? What would you like to see changed? And what do you think we can do to make this a more welcoming and approachable space for new business owners? That's such a good question. And my answer is probably not surprising to folks that are familiar with me. But the thing that bothers me most in this space is making things unnecessarily complicated when like business is complicated enough. Like we don't need any more complications. So when I see these like suggestions of like, here's how many times and what times post on all these media platforms. If you want to be successful, it's like business is complicated enough. Let's like, like what, how can we make this simple? How can we make this easy? We already have enough balls that we're juggling. Let's not add something unnecessarily. And so when I see those videos that put people in a fear mindset of like, if I'm not doing all of these things, if I'm not on all of these platforms, then I'm not going to be successful. That is the opposite of the mentality I want to have operating my business. Also, I just know for a fact that there are people that aren't on social media at all making millions of dollars. And there are people that have really simple businesses, teams of one that are making millions of dollars, people that, you know, don't have any of the like 
bells and whistles that a lot of people talk about having and they're doing just fine. And so if we can make things simple, that's my preference. And so I get bothered by the fact that there's this narrative that like it has to be more complicated than it is. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that drew me to you from the beginning because I, like I said, I, you know, started my business as a side hustle and it had to be simple because if it wasn't fun and I was spending all of this time, all of my free time doing it, then there was no point. And I think that we also forget that when we get caught up in, I have to do this and I have to do that. And this expert says this, and this expert says that, and they probably conflict, but I feel like I have to try both of them, right? Like there's a lot of advice flying around and The thing that I have learned this past year more than anything is your energy is so much more important than any of the tasks. And of course, I'm not saying like share your energy and don't serve your clients. (laughs) There's, There's the disclaimer there. But in terms of the tasks of running your business, the things that you could probably not do and you would be just fine and your business would be just fine, Your the energy that flows through you is really what matters. And I know like, I'm like a struggling woo kind of a person. Like I want to be on the woo side, but I'm not. And I feel like you're probably pretty similar, but I do feel like if I, if I made five Instagram posts, because I felt like I had to post three times a day and I needed to get ahead. And I was like stressed while I was doing it and just trying to get something out as opposed to, I made one when I was feeling like my ranty inspired self, my audience would feel that and they would know the difference. 100%. Like if you went to my TikTok right now, the video I have that has like 700,000 views and like, you know, the one that went viral, quote unquote, is one that I like just saw a video and responded to it. I'm like, I'm probably like sitting on my bed responding to it. Like it's a no makeup, like phone very close to my face. There's no premeditation behind like, what's the strategy for this? Like, it's just a response that I felt like was helpful in the moment to the person I was responding to. And like, I looked two weeks later and it's like, it's got 90,000 likes. And it's like, what? And it was exactly like you said, it was my energy. It was the sincerity of, I just want to be helpful. I just want to add value. I just want to like, give a perspective that I think is insightful in this conversation. And when I did that, people responded to it. And so I think sometimes we don't trust our own, um, you know, intuition enough and thinking like, Mm -hmm. if this is something I'm caring about, if this is something that's like on my heart that maybe feels a little bit scary, but I do want to share it. There's a reason for that. And you should trust that much more than any guru who like doesn't even know your name or doesn't, you know, care about your specific business. Like, at the end of the day, you're the only person that needs to be happy about what your business is doing. And so trust that intuition if you're feeling called to post or not post, not from, I always say, this is like the best disclaimer I can give actually when you're thinking about this is so often we will like give a practical reason why we're not doing something, but it's really fear disguised as practicality. We're like, oh, I'm just going to do this because like it's the most practical thing to do when really it's like fear most of us know what it is if we're being honest with ourselves. So I really implore people to sit with like, am I doing this because I'm scared or am I doing this because I'm, you know, willing to take the risk? Like what is the actual root of like how I'm feeling and acting from that place rather than 
I think from a place of fear disguised as practicality. A lot of people stay in jobs because it's practical and really they're just scared of the outcome. A lot of people don't pivot or don't post because they're like, oh, well, I'll do that. Like one, it's practical to like wait for my ring light. It's like, no, you're doing, you're stalling because of fear. And so let's be honest about what's happening behind the scenes so that then we can get the result that we actually want. So I think sometimes when we're thinking like, do I trust this guru? Do I not? Do I do this? Do I not? Listen to your gut and think about what's really motivating your decisions. That's going to be the most authentic and honest answer for you rather than like watching 80 webinars and like hoping that you can cobble together a Frankenstein business out of all the advice. You know, it's really funny as you were talking, I talk a lot about what I call productive procrastination. I, I decided I coined that term, but I don't know, somebody else probably says it somewhere else. Um, but it's the same idea of like, if I do these 20 things, it's, I guess it's the opposite idea. If I do these 20 things that this expert said I should do, and then I'm guaranteed to get this result. And if that result doesn't happen, then I can blame it on the expert and not myself or my business or my offer or any of the above. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in either scenario that we were just talking about, the idea is the same. You have to go back to yourself. And I know that that can feel scary as a business owner, because especially if you're at the beginning, I think it takes time to get to this point. It definitely, it probably took me three years to get to this point, if I'm being honest. Um, but it feels scary when you feel like you don't know enough, or, um, even if you feel like you're rock solid in your offer, but you're not sure about sales or marketing or like the aspects that come with it. I completely recognize that. And that there is a transition that, that comes with time, but either way, the point is if I could, I think if I could change one thing in my business and my approach to my business, it would be to work. I don't want to say work harder, to be more conscious about the effort to trust myself mm-hmm. because I, I don't think I was aware of it for a long time. And once I was aware of it, I don't think that I actively tried to hone that piece. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have gotten me so much further, so much faster if I had. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I completely agree. I think that there's a real element of, and it makes sense, right? Cause you're in a new space. And so the inclination is to think like, I'm not an expert in this. Like I am going to trust other people to tell me what to do, but I think you need to hold other people's opinions with a little less weight or equal weight to like your own opinion and what feels good to you. Because at the end of the day, this is your business. And like you said, if something doesn't work, that guru doesn't care. That person Mm -hmm. doesn't care. It's really your business and you're dealing with whatever opportunities or challenges come your way. And so I think that trusting yourself and being excited about your decisions and really going in with the mindset of like, even if I fail, I'll be happy that I tried X is a great approach as opposed to like, I'm going to do what everyone else says. And if I fail, they're followed and I can just be mad at them, which does nothing for you or them. Absolutely. Okay. I feel like we've covered amazing things and I do want to give a a shout out to built for business because as a former student, (laughs) am I a student if it's a program and not a course? (laughs) A former student of built for business. I feel like I am the walking, talking testimonial that literally three years later, I am still using my profit planner. I just did my CEO day at, you know, the, the first Monday of March. Um, and I literally create 
workflows in Dubsado for everything. And my podcast guests can attest to this, that there's like a whole workflow for podcasts. So it, it works y'all, but I'll let Kate tell you a little bit about what built for business is. And I'll definitely include a link in the show notes so that they can get to that as well. Awesome. Wonderful. So yeah, I mean, it's exactly what Becca has so eloquently said. It's really the foundational elements for building a service-based business. So much like Becca and myself, you know, when you're starting out on this journey, you don't know what you need. There's a ton of people telling you all the things that you like should or could invest in or start or focus on. And I think sometimes that leads to fatigue, stress, overwhelm, just like this frustration with like, I don't know what to focus on first. And so that was really the origin story of Built for Business was, okay, if I am looking to build a foundation that's simple, but effective and efficient, what are the things I need to focus on in what order? And so that's really the focus of Built for Business is how do we build a foundation for our service-based business without all the fluff and focusing on how to do it in an efficient an effective and cost effective way for ourselves. So that's really the origin of it. And just like Becca said, like I still use all the things in there. That's why I love that program so much because even now, so many years later, like I still go to my profit planner every quarter. I still, you know, use all the workflows in Dubsado. And so I know that it works because I see it work for my clients and I still use it myself. And so that's like the program that if I had to pick one that I could just like consistently go over and over and over, that is the one program to me that's like the essentials, the things that's like no fluff, just focus on the things that you really need. Definitely. Awesome. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of your thoughts and your rants with us. I, I enjoyed it so much and I know the listeners will too. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. This was so fun. I always love chatting with you. You aren't owed confidence or brilliance in anything unless you are consistent. Wow. That was the mic drop quote for me there at the end of the episode. And I can't speak enough to the conversation that we had about consistency. And Kate herself is the queen of consistency. If you follow her on social media, which I highly recommend you do, you'll see it in action. But it's really the truth. And it's not just one more should, right? It's that if you get anything out of this conversation, I hope that you will get how important it is to trust yourself to know the actions that you need to consistently take and then go take them. That's the big secret. That's all there is to it. As always, I would love to know your thoughts about the conversation today. Uh, Send me a message. Send Kate a message on Instagram. We can't wait to hear what you thought. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, if you resonated with this conversation, if you would like to pass it along to a friend, I would be endlessly grateful. And if you want to subscribe or leave a review as well, that would make my day. It would make my week if we're being honest. Until next week, this was Probably Bothered.